0: If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down. What's up everybody, I'm Rossim is the host of Create Like The Greats, a podcast where I take you into the inner workings of how some of the greatest creators of all time did or do what they do. But in this segment of the show, what I like to call journal entries, I take you behind the scenes into my world, into the things that I'm thinking about, the projects I might be investing in or starting, some of the projects I'm struggling with, or even just give you a glimpse into the day-to-day life of my life as a CEO and founder of Foundation Marketing, one of the companies working with some of the biggest names in SaaS and software, but We're not here to brag, we're not here to talk about that. In fact, what I'm gonna be talking about today is about software, is about marketing, is kind of about what I do. But the thing that we're gonna dive into is the mental frameworks that I have used over my career to guide the approach that I take to marketing for some of these businesses, some of these organizations, as well as for foundation. Today, we're gonna be diving into two key marketing frameworks that I love, adore, and embrace every single day with the strategies that we develop and strategies that we execute at Foundation. Let's jump into it. SAS has very few concepts that I would say need to be applied across every single situation. No matter if you are selling a software that is targeting radiologists or you're selling a software that targets people who work in the waste management profession or sales executives or marketing executives, there are two key concepts that I believe as frameworks are applicable to you no matter your space, no matter your industry, no matter your niche. These are... are And the buyer's journey. Wait, did he say R like a pirate? Yes, indeed, I did. And that is something that I'm gonna be diving into today. You see, here's one of the realities of marketing. When I went through marketing school and I graduated with a Bachelor of Commerce with a a emphasis, major in marketing, minor in HR, in industrial relationships with a certificate and something, blah, 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 blah. All of this stuff. I did all of it. In the marketing side, they taught us the four P's price place, people, and product. I think those are the four P's. If I'm incorrect, drop me a line and, and correct me. But those are the four P's that I believe we were taught. Promotion. Promotion's in there somewhere. Maybe it's the five piece. I don't know. Either way, I got I got good marks in marketing. I might not remember them today, but back then I was top of my class. All right. So R, where does this come from? This comes from a modern thinking around it. You see, back then when we talked about promotion and we talked about place, this was for brick and mortar companies, companies that sold products with a physical location. The idea of R, which is A-A, R-R-R, also known as pirate metrics, is a concept that I believe, and I could be wrong here, was coined by 500 Startups founder Dave McClure many, many years ago. I came across this framework and this idea, and I fell in love with it because A-A-R-R-R stands for simple concepts that are applicable to the marketing function for software for any business that is digital in, in nature. Whether we're talking about a B2B product or a B2C product, I believe that R as a concept can actually be used across the board. What does it mean? So the first R in R, (laughs) the first A in R, sorry, is acquisition. Acquisition is the strategy and the efforts that you use to first capture someone's visit to your website right? This is a stage in the process where you're focusing on acquiring new visits, new customers. For SaaS marketers, it's things like content marketing and SEO, paid media, social media, and partnerships to get people on your website. And once they visit your website, you have a 100% conversion rate at achieving that metric of getting them to visit your website. Now, the next step that you need to be thinking through is how many of those people start to go deep. How many of those people? start to click on different pages, start to stay for watching a demo, watch a video, et cetera. This is all a part of the acquisition process. And when this acquisition process is happening, when this acquisition process is happening, ideally, you have signals that are going into your system that's saying, okay, if somebody stays on our website for over 20 minutes, we need to run ads against this person. If somebody visits multiple pages, product pages, et cetera, we need to run ads to this person. These are the types of things that you want to be thinking about at the acquisition stage. Because in the activation phase, which is the second A in our pirate metrics, aA, you need to be thinking about what is the key moment that demonstrates that this person has been activated as someone that we want to engage with. Maybe they submit their email into a form that downloads a product guide. Or maybe this person reads a case study that you've consumed. Or maybe they have spent over 20 hours consuming your content. Who knows what it is? It's going to vary from one brand to the next. Maybe it's an actual, um, the user downloading a case study or a white paper that you've created. You get to figure out for yourself what you believe is the next logical step along that journey before someone signs up, which is also a part of activation. The final part of the activation funnel, which can have multiple steps along the way, you can have that first happy visitor and convert 30% of all your visits to be a happy visitor. And those are people who visit five pages. And then it could reduce within activation to say 5% of these people will actually submit their email for a demo. Great, that's cool. Then 2% of all people that visit go a step further and they don't even schedule a demo, they sign up, they swipe their credit card and they become customers. That is the process that you wanna be thinking through. Activation involves getting a user to have a positive initial experience with your offering. Whether it's an onboarding experience, a tutorial, email campaigns, a download, it's that goal of getting that aha moment, that I need this moment. And then once that has taken place, the next thing that you need to think through is retention. Retention is the process of thinking through the first of three hours. Retention is when you're measuring whether or not these people are coming back. How many times do they visit? Do they visit three plus times in the first 30 days? Are they executing the actual efforts within your app? Are they doing the things within your app to demonstrate that they're going to be a high quality user? There's a lot of products that have what they call a money moment. And a money moment is essentially when somebody is using your product and they take a certain action, you see an increase in the likelihood that they are going to be a lifetime subscriber. They are going to be someone who transitions from a sign-up to a paid customer. What is the money moment for your customer? For many, on tools like ChatGPT, the money moment might be when that person asks ChatGPT to do something and it blows their mind. What is it for your product? What is it for your service? Is the money moment the first call that they have with your team and you present something to them and then they are hooked? Maybe That money moment, the retention moment is that they are visiting 10 different blog posts that you have produced. They start to download multiple resources that you've created if you're in the media lane, whatever it might be. Once that money moment has happened, the next step is to hope for the second R, a referral. You want them to start referring other people to your website. This is extremely useful in social products when you have developed a tool that is consumer-facing. Think through the LinkedIn's, the app formerly known as Twitter, now X, Facebook, Quora, Reddit, all of these tools benefit significantly by the viral loop and the network effects that come with them. If they are able to send someone who they've connected with a link to sign up for this product or for this service, it's a great thing for the product and it is something that is worth measuring. The referral as an R is all about encouraging satisfied customers to refer other people to be a cost-effective way to drive new acquisition. You can have referral programs. You can have call to actions throughout your product that derives people to share. You can use emails to follow up and ask for referrals. You want to make it easy for customers to advocate for you. And this is what happens in that referral stage. The final piece of the puzzle is revenue. Revenue is the final R in R. Ultimately, revenue is the goal, folks, right? SaaS marketers can employ things like pricing optimization, cross-selling by simply having that call to action, asking them to purchase, to stay subscribed. And the value here is at its all-time high because this is when you make the money. If you've done your job right, somebody may have started at the beginning of the our metrics by being acquired to your website by going to Google and typing in a keyword. They now have landed on a blog post. They're reading that blog post and then they get activated. They get activated because they see a call to action telling them to sign up to download an ultimate guide to a certain topic. They submit that email, they download the guide, they feel good about the guide. In that guide, it happens to tell them that they should sign up for this product if they want to do ABC. They then sign up for that product. They open an email that they've received from the software, from the solution. They click on that and then they become a user. They're using the product Then they have a money moment. They have a money moment, which is essentially the moment in which they see the value of the thing that they are using. If it's a social media management tool, maybe they press publish on something and it goes viral. If it's an AI related tool, maybe they do something faster than they ever did before. And they start to think to themselves, wow, there's a lot of people out there that would also get value from this. I'm gonna refer it to my friends. I'm going to tweet about it. I'm going to share it on social, on LinkedIn, and I'm gonna share it in Slack. At that moment, they are hooked, they are enjoying it, and they're sending it along to other people. But in addition to that, they have committed. They have committed that this is a solution that they want to invest in and that they're willing to pay for. So you are now at the final R, revenue. They swipe their credit card and they become a customer. This mentality, this framework, This is something that I would say all marketers should embrace as potentially a mental model. A mental model that they can embrace every single time they think about business. When you hear this concept of mental models, one of the best places that you can go to better learn about this would be James Clear. He has a great blog post on mental models that I would strongly encourage you to check out. He's essentially talking about how a mental model is an explanation of how something works. The phrase mental model is an overarching term for any sort of concept, framework, or worldview that you try to carry around with you in your mind so you can understand life. When you as a marketer are constantly making decisions based off of this mental model, it increases and improves your ability to be successful as a marketer. Why? Because when you start to think and embrace this perspective, you are always thinking in a linear fashion around acquisition, activation, retention, referral, and revenue. It is not just for content marketers. Great product marketers think this way. Great product people think this way. This is the way of thinking for anyone who does anything on the internet with the goal of driving revenue. Now, that's just one of my favorite approaches to thinking about the customer's journey. Another approach that I take when I think about this is a journey map. And a lot of journey maps and persona maps and all of these things get a lot of bad rep. They get a bad rep because there has been a lot of journey maps created over the years simply using gut instinct, not using data, not using research. At Foundation, we believe truly that you should create, A journey map for your customers. But it shouldn't be based off of your own gut. It shouldn't be based off of a random afternoon where you go into a boardroom, you get some food ordered and some drinks and you come up with a beautiful, beautiful presentation where you just come up with this stuff out of the back pocket. No, it needs to be informed. It needs to be informed and it needs to be aligned with your own customer's journey, which will vary. The words that I'm about to say might vary from one brand to the next. And in many ways, you might even say that they could align with our. But the approach that I embrace is typically around five simple steps. Awareness, consideration, close, retain, and delight. That essentially is the steps that you go through as a B2B buyer to make a decision. First you need to become aware, then you have to consider it, then you get closed and then you are retained and then you get delighted by other content that's created. There are gonna be stakeholders in B2B when you're selling something that are going to be influenced across the board. At the awareness stage, the stakeholders could be a C-suite executive, it could be a lawyer, it could be a doctor, it could be a nurse, it could be anything, depending on your audience. The consideration stage is also going to vary in terms of the stakeholders. The people who influence these individuals are going to be dependent on your niche and your space. In the end, what you need to ask yourself are what type of questions are they asking at various stages. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with your customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's kind of like trying to remember the name of the guy that you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron, was it Don, was it John or Sean? Who knows, right? It's like that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution product, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever with an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that helps handle frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps your reps anticipate customers' needs and a full 360 view of every customer so you can go to market and your go-to-market team can have a pulse on the accounts before you try to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale, support, drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service, happier customers at every single stage of the journey. Visit hubspot.com service to do more with your customers today. Let me go into this a little bit deeper for you so you get a better understanding of exactly what I'm trying to say here. So in the awareness stage, potential customers are becoming aware of your problem, of a problem or a need that they have. SaaS marketers, marketers in general, should be creating content assets that will help this business attract and inform their ideal customers. In that awareness stage, let's say we're creating, to make this easy, let's say that we are creating a a strategy for a CRM tool. If we're creating a strategy around CRM, and the questions that someone is asking in that awareness stage are things like, what is a CRM? What are the best CRMs? And what might be the best CRM for my niche? You might want to create content that answers these questions. It could be landing pages, blog posts, YouTube videos, podcasts, and so much more. You might want to create landing pages that answer the question, what are the best CRM tools? What is a CRM? Why do you need a CRM? You might start to create this type of content, and that content will answer the questions that people would have when they're first getting aware of their problems. Once they're aware of the problem, they then move into a consideration stage. And at this stage, you might be thinking, okay, these are people who are starting to really consider our solution. The search volume for these types of things is gonna be much lower because it's more more intentional. The amount of people who actually want your product and your offering is going to be limited to the people who essentially show up in your total addressable market. So at this stage, they might be asking, how does product A compare to the rest of the industry? What results can we get from product A? Are there other alternatives that we should consider? And how will product A help with X, right? Content that could help answer these questions could be things like review sites, alternative pages or literal blog posts that you write where it says how to achieve a certain outcome using this solution. These could be landing pages. It could be reports. You could even partner with influencers to create content. In the consideration stage, you want to have as much of a web possible to help your prospects evaluate your solution effectively. White papers, case studies, webinars can all help position your offering as the offering. You just need to create it. The third step is close. Closing is when you are essentially helping them make a choice. You can use demos, free trials, testimonials, or even personalized messages and videos or a good old fashioned call to make this happen. The influence can be different from top of funnel where you're going after awareness where When you're at an awareness stage, media coverage, press and buzz can assist with driving that awareness, but they're probably not going to close. The person that's going to help influence the close is likely to be a peer, a colleague, your actual sales team. Those are the things that are going to be more likely to help you close. And then once that's taken place, the next step is to retain You have now gotten that credit card swiped. It would be the equivalent of the revenue stage in our pirates metrics. You now need to retain them. You retain them by giving them content and information that's gonna help them continuously use your product, to help them be better at using your product, giving them tools and guides on how they can achieve better results by leveraging the assets that you've created to do the things that are gonna get them a promotion. right? blog posts, social media posts, white papers, YouTube videos, all of these things can help them do that. But it's all gonna come down to you helping them be successful. And then the final step in this process is delight. You delight your customers by putting a smile on their face and keeping them retained, keeping them happy and celebrating them and helping them again get that promotion. You delight them by creating a piece that might be a little bit more top of funnel, but valuable, worth sharing, worth reading, worth consuming. It could be a podcast, it could be a YouTube video. It could be a webinar. It could be a fireside chat. It could be six great podcasts for sales teams, or it could be an insight or a resource on how the best sales teams always win. It could be research that's proprietary for your audience. This is where you go a little bit more niche and you go top of funnel with the content because you are doing it with the intention of making sure that your audience is connected with you. This is the key folks embrace mind frames mental models just like these when you're developing your strategies and you're developing your plans it's very easy every single day to get caught up in the nuance and the chaos of our industry and our careers but if you can walk around with these types of mental models in your back pocket it can truly make your life as a marketer a whole lot easier our pirate metrics and the b2b SaaS journey are two frameworks that I believe truly can help you grow and ensure that the strategies you develop going into planning season to be at an all-time high as it relates to quality. Embrace these frameworks. Leverage these frameworks. Steal these frameworks. If you check out the show notes, you'll find a link to a Twitter post that I published or an ex-post that I published that breaks down this in a little bit more detail. I encourage you to read it. I encourage you to enjoy it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some value out of it and can circulate this maybe with your own team so they're thinking the same way as you when you start to think about how to leverage these solutions and these ideas to drive ROI for your marketing strategies. Folks, I hope you found this valuable and I hope it helps you create something great. Thank you and I will see you on the internet. If you want to know how to create the grades, let's break it down.